0: to a saint. And that's enough to celebrate. Like, like I, I had a friend of mine, we actually played a lot of music together. Um, he was quite a bit younger than me. He was actually in my student ministry, but he also played at, um, in the praise band at the time. And um, and he, uh, he had this, like, he grew up in a great, well, I mean, from all appearances, a great home, you know, and he had, he had, it was like one of those cookie cutter, great life, you know, Abercrombie and Fitch model. Um, you know, great, this is this, this great picture of, I mean, his, he was like the man. All the girls loved him, everything, right? And, um, and he said, Derek, I, I want to go out here and live life just so I can have a story. You know anybody like that? You know, I'm going to go out here and do all this bad thing so that when I come back around, I'd have this great story. And I said, like, man, you don't understand how great your story is, that God saved you out of religion, now that is a that is a great story because you know how hard it is. To, you know how hard it was for me to detox from normal church. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I don't even know where I was going with all that. I just. <laughs> but we've all experienced something that we've all experienced God in in, in in a miraculous way, even if it is just going from a saint, from a sinner to a saint. That's a miracle in and of itself. Because if you read anything in the Old Testament, the laws that were put into place, they were there to show us that we couldn't reach the Savior. No, nothing, no matter how good you are, like even, I love it when that young guy asked Jesus and he said, good teacher, how must I inherit eternal life? And Jesus, like, you know, Jesus, he never answered a, a question directly. Have you ever noticed that? Like three times he did, like three times. But the re- all other 600 and something questions he was asked, he always asked another question. And when it comes to that, when, the, when that young kid guy said, hey, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said, why do you call me good? Because no one is good except for God. So all the good stuff that you've done in your life, all the good things these Jewish people followed for years that they thought would get them to, to the standard that God wanted them, didn't happen. He's saying, you're, 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 that's why he says, your, your righteousness, your good works is like filthy rags to God. Because nothing you do is going to be good enough. You're like, Derek, this is, I came here for encouragement. Now you kind of want me to... I kind don't of want to go home now, it's Father's Day I could have went and sat with my father this morning and said, listen, do you tell me how bad I am and but the, the great news is this: is that the cross shows us that no matter how bad or how good our righteousness is, the ground is level at the foot of the cross we all get to approach to God the same way whether you're born on a pew singing Amazing Grace, anybody with me on that one? You know your first cry was there in the front pew or you were born in a crack house, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Now that we've all experienced that, now that we've all experienced that, we've got to do what normal Christians do and size up and take big risks and share the message of the gospel with someone we live, work, and play with. To stand by someone, because like we said last week, we're not called to stand alone. We never stand alone. Maybe you've got this week to stand by somebody. But see, we started, we started this series out by reading part of a letter that our friend Paul wrote to us. And this letter, because of we, we've experienced all that, because we've experienced the ground being level at the foot of the cross, this is what Paul writes to us. He says, and all of this is a gift from God. Everything we just talked about All this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to himself. You and I who've experienced experienced God, experienced the ground being level at the foot of the cross, now we are called to reconcile, to bring back the world to him. And it goes on to say, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to him. To himself, now I love this part because this part should make you go like bananas, like full-blown Pentecostal, whatever. No longer counting people's sins against them, like the things that you've done in life. No matter how bad, no matter how bad things get, no matter how bad you think you are, no matter how bad you think you are, he's not counting your sins against you anymore. I had this. I have. You'll be surprised by how many friends I have. I had this. I had this one friend. I had this one friend, right, um, he, uh, and dude was a cool dude, right? He, he experienced a lot over in Afghanistan. Like he had taught, I've said this, before, he's told some crazy stories, right, of things that he was ordered to do and things that honestly he chose to do while being in Afghanistan. And he often said when we would sit down we would talk about God, talk about salvation and what that meant for him, he goes, with everything that I did by choice and by, by order, there's no way that God would forgive me. And I, it's that same argument. How many of those things were future sins? How many of those things were in the future when Christ went to the cross? All of them, which means he knew how screwed up we would be. That's why he says, we, I'm no longer counting that against you anymore. I paid the price for that. It's covered. No longer counting people's sins against them. He, and, he, and he gives us this wonderful message of reconciliation. We get to share. That's why we, it's important for us to share. What God's done for us. We have this message it's in broken vessels, the Bible says. "and jars of clay. Because we're brittle and clay's brittle, right? And what happens is as those cracks, those cracks in our life, or those bad things that are in our life, as the light will seep through those. That's why those things, your story is beautiful, no matter how it is. The message of reconciliation so that we are Christ's ambassadors. We're not part of this world, we're just visiting. We're representing God is making his appeal through us. Are you, are you giving a good appeal to, for God? Since you've been given mercy, are you giving out mercy? Since you've been given grace, are you giving other people grace? That's what that means. God's making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ. Now, that's a little, whoo, whoo it makes me a little nervous. You mean I speak on behalf of. Of, of Christ, absolutely, and He chose you to do that. He chose us to do that. I'm, i got to keep going because it's 1120, y'all. Um, we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never, who never who never sinned to be the offering for our sin. It, that's, that's like the top of the line right there. That's like um, me and Joe, I'm going to tell you, me and Joe was at a cigar shop one time, and this guy was like, this is the decrim of the decrim of the cream of the cream." I'm like, dude, just, I want the cigar. Just give it to me, okay? For God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sin. That's the decrim of the, of the cream. I don't know why I just thought of that. Sorry, Joe. So, so it goes on to say, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Right now, you as a believer can stand before God boldly because he doesn't see you because you're not you anymore. You are covered by the blood. You are, you are, you are a follower. You are a saint. when God sees you, he doesn't see you. He sees his son. Like we're still messed up. We're still broken. We're still all that. But the veil is over us. But it goes on. If we go on it goes on. If you, if you get a chance to read the rest, if you get the chance to read Second Corinthians, it's a great just read it. But since you and I have experienced the power of the gospel through salvation and realized that we never stand alone, we are called to reconcile our community back to God. Some of us, we, we live in communities that desperately need God, desperately need God. We, have, we work at places where people desperately need hope. People are looking for hope, and they're looking for it in all the wrong places. But it's time for us to size up, to fight for what matters most, to take big risks because we serve a big God. And last week, we ended the message by making this statement. We ended it by saying, we release the power of our story because somebody needs you. We talked about how, David, how the Goliath wasn't David's problem. It was his people's problem. And when we, when we pick up the stones and we launch, we come along with people and launch our stones, launch our stories, their giants become our giants, right? And when we release our story, when we throw our stone, we give the chance to help other people defeat their story. And why is that important? Why is sharing our story important? Why is sharing our breakthrough important? Because all of us, there's a breakthrough coming. If you haven't had one yet, there's a breakthrough coming. But here's the reason for the breakthrough. Your breakthrough is is not just for you. That's the title of today's sermon. Breakthrough is not just for you. So we're going to look at this story today about a man. Okay, it's about a man who was like the most hated man in all of Israel. Like he was like the lowest of the low. I'm somebody just in your mind that you think it's the lowest of the low. No, no. You're like, I, 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 if you knew Becky, she's lowest of the low. But he was the most hated man in Israel he, he, because of his deceitful lifestyle, lifestyle. But here's the thing. Jesus breaks through the social norms and prejudices of his day and demonstrates that anyone's life can be transformed and how that transformed life can impact the community. And our hope is today is that you begin to realize that no matter what your story is or no matter what part of this journey you're on of life right now, God can still use failed, broken people. To share the gospel and impact a community, so we're going to start looking at this story. And if you grew up in church, um, you're going to recognize it. Okay, if you grew up in church, you're going to recognize it. It's like one of those flannel board. You know those flannel boards they had in the Sunday school room. It was one of those type stories. Okay. And, it, and, it, and it's our friend Luke tells us about this story. And what, what you have to understand about the Gospels is the Gospels are just letters that were written to us about the life of Jesus, right? Each, each of the four Gospels tells us from a different perspective. Um, like Matthew is written to Jewish people, so it's more of like if you like historical documentaries, like read Matthew. If you like to talk about the character of people, read John. If you like doctors, read Luke, because Luke was a doctor. Okay, Luke 19 is where we're going to pick up this letter. And it says, and Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. Verse 2, there was a a man there named Zacchaeus. Anybody know, remember Zacchaeus? Our old friend Zach. He didn't have many friends. You know why? He was a chief tax collector. He worked for the IRS, y'all. Okay, in that region. And he had become very rich. And here's here's the crazy thing about, you have to understand about Zacchaeus. Like he was the most hated man in Israel and Jerusalem. And here's why, it's because he was a Jew working for the oppressor. He was he was somebody who he was that's why he's the lowest of the low. He was a traitor. He was a traitor to his own people. Like anytime the Bible talks about sin, it always said, it always put tax collectors in its own category, right? It says, Jesus comes I came for sinners and tax collectors, y'all. <laughs> like he was the lowest of the low. He was he would be what what's um, like he would be what we would call today a nobody. To his own people, and can you imagine being Zacchaeus? Be, being Zacchaeus, like remember the woman at the remember the woman with the blood issue we've talked about? How because she couldn't be in society, she couldn't be around people because like she would be viewed as nasty and unwanted. Like and we talked about how she like she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, and Jesus turned around and called her daughter, and for the first time she felt accepted. You know, well, imagine being this guy being by his choice. Is now an outcast. Nobody wants to be him, be with him. Nobody, nobody cares. About, if something happened to him, nobody would even blink an eye because that's how bad he was hated. And he had become he had become very rich because here's why. He cheated his own people. If the tax was five dollars, he'd charge you fifteen and keep it to ten. He was still from his own people. You know, and th- this he was he was scum to his own people. But verse 3, it goes on to say, He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short. Hot man problems. I feel him. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. Here's the thing. Just right now, like, like, Zacchaeus was looking for hope. He felt hopeless because he had nobody. He, like, everyone, everyone hated him. He, probably even his own family hated him. He was looking for hope, and, and there's people in our communities right now that are looking for hope, and they're running to all these different things, looking for hope. Maybe it's, maybe it's finding hope in their kids, hope in their addiction, hope in their finances, hope in their job, hope in whatever this case is. They're looking for hope, and we have hope within us to share. But here's the thing, if you understand, in these dark places in our life, in those dark places, Zacchaeus was in a dark place, he was probably depressed because he had nobody. There's depression running rampant. Depression is a real thing, y'all. But in, We're all in these dark places. But in those dark places, in, those in darkness are always looking for hope. It's just they're looking for hope in the wrong thing. Zacchaeus was looking for hope. That's why he ran ahead, climbed the sycamore tree, like, can you imagine an old dude climbing a sycamore tree? I don't know how old he was. I'm just saying. A grown man climbing a tree. Apparently, he had heard the stories of Jesus. Maybe he heard the story of the woman with the blood issue. Or he accepted her even with her ailments. Where Jesus, hey, Jesus broke social norms with this woman, maybe he'll break social norms with me. Or maybe he heard of the, the story of the demon possessed man. How how nobody nobody in the vi- nobody in the village wanted to wanted to be a part. Like even they tried to chain him down. He had so many demons, so powerful, so much, so many demons that they, he would just break the chain. So he was living on the outskirts of the city. Nobody wanted to be a part of. Maybe he heard that story. How Jesus rid him of his demons. Some of us in here may just need to get some demons released from us. And I'm not talking, and I know that sounds you like, Derek, that's a little cray-cray. Some of y'all might have some demons, I don't know. But those things in our lives that, we, that, that hold us in bondage, some of us need to be released. Maybe he heard that, he goes, I need to be released from these, the, whatever this is. Maybe Jesus can do that for me. And maybe some of y'all are here today and you're thinking, man, if I could just get in the room. If I could just get in the room, I could be set free too. You know, like, you know, the, it, you know the, da- the daughter that was dead in the Bible and in and, and Scripture and the parents get Jesus and Jesus walks in the room. If we could just get in the room where Jesus is and maybe I'll become, I, I will live again. Like, maybe if I could just get around God's people, I'll be transformed. And I'm here to tell you today, if you, if you come in here looking to be transformed, God's saying right now it's done. Yeah. Right now, your life is forever changed. This is Zacchaeus. Maybe if I can just get in this tree, maybe he will notice me. Can't get too high, can't get too low. Got to get in that sweet spot where Jesus can see me, y'all. You know what I'm saying? If I can just, just get to Jesus. In, verse, in Luke 19, in the first part of verse 5, it says, When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Right now, Jesus is calling you by name. Right now, Jesus is calling your neighbors by name, your coworkers by name. Right now, he's calling you by name. Like, that, that kind of gets me, you mean he knows me? Yeah, he knows everything about y'all, and he still chose y'all. Like, he knew how screwed up you'd be, right? Like, have you met Jessica? I'm just, just kidding. She's my sister, so I can say that. Like he knew how screwed up you would be, how, 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 how dirty you would be. Those, those thoughts that run through your mind, you're like, how am I even thinking about that? He still chose to die and be for you. But it goes on. So it goes on It says, when, Je- when Jesus came by, he looked at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus! Cody! Justin! Quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. You mean Jesus coming up in my house? Absolutely he is. Can you imagine being Zacchaeus in that moment up in that tree? Don't bounce too hard, Zacchaeus, because that limb might break. Those sycamore trees aren't very strong. You know what I'm saying? Quick, come down. I must, I must be a guest in your home today. See, that, that, that get, I almost have to stop right there for a minute because that gets, that gets me a little bit excited because you mean Jesus is going to this most hated man's house? Like, this, like he would have been like the, like, like the lowest of the low, the scum of his community. like He's going to that house? This shows us that no matter how bad you think you are, he still wants to come into your house. He's saying, I must be a guest. And he's knocking on that door, y'all. I must Come in your home today. I must be a guest in there, y'all. And here's the crazy thing about Jesus: Jesus oftentimes just he just kind of busts right on into the scene, right? Just, that's all right. Zacchaeus, he said, "Quick, come down! I must be a guest in your home today." Verse six. Zacchaeus quickly. That's how I know he was excited, y'all. Because if you if you ever try to get out of a tree, whew, he quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great. Excitement and joy. See, some of us walk up in here and we're like, yeah, just praise the Lord. The Lord's been good to me this week, y'all. Like this morning, y'all, I was so frustrated because this stupid light. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so frustrated. Like, I wasn't excited and joyful for today. I mean, last night I was because Cody was like, hey, I'm going to help you sing. I'm like, thank God because you don't have to hear me scream, Okay. But I I wasn't excited, y'all. Can you imagine Zacchaeus being right there watching, like everybody watching you? And Jesus talking one-on-one. Everybody knowing how bad you are. Like Chaz said it yesterday. Chaz came and did CrossFit with me yesterday, y'all. Yeah, he said he about threw up on the way home. Um, But, hey, listen, like like everybody's watching you, ain't ain't they, Chaz? When the coach is talking to you, everybody's like, come on, hurry, because I need to get to my workout. Everybody's watching you, you know? Actually, they're cheering you on, but you know, imagine all eyes on you and how nervous you are. You mean I'm gonna to have to climb down this tree while everybody's watching me? And this man, Jesus, the guy from heaven, the guy who claims to be the Son of God, the being God in the flesh, the Word becoming flesh, dwelling among man. Like he's want me, he wants to be a guest in my house. You know, hey honey, you better cook something good. The King's coming in. He left excited. He like he was excited. Like are we excited for what God is doing in our lives, or is it just another day? Like, sometimes God blesses us so much that we lose sight of excitement and the joy in our lives. That's why, like, you know, a couple months ago I said, I started praying, God, let me see your thumbprint some more. Let me see where your thumbprint's carving things out in this world. And it's hard right now to see some of that, y'all. We're losing some hope, y'all. This world's losing hope, quick. No matter what side of the fence you're on, hope is dwindling. And it's people like me and you, need to get some excitement and joy back. Verse 7. I love this, because this, this is church folk right here. But the people were displeased. <laughs> Hallelujah. He has gone to be a guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Can you, like, why, these people are more upset that Jesus is going eating with a sinner than they are about reaching their community. Because here's the thing, Jesus always broke with social norms. Like women weren't treated well, right? Women weren't treated well in that in that culture. Um, and, and and then who was the first people to carry the message back to men? The women, y'all. Or or what about what about those um what about those, what's that what's that disease? Leprosy? Jesus would walk right up in there and touched them. Well, I mean, name it. Jesus always broke with social norms because sometimes you have to get out of your religious norms, the things that you're comfortable with, and you have to, you have to break with what society... Or, that's why we often say around here... I say it like this. Sometimes we have to change what we care about. What is it that you care about? That's what, like we say... Um, we, we That's like why we say sometimes, or it's part of our statement, we exist to shift out of cultural norms because the normal ain't working no more. The normal ain't working no more. We have to do everything short of sin to reach into the darkness. That's why you've heard me tell stories of going to Long Branch Saloon where where I got the beer thrown on me and then that girl was drunk, wanted to dance with me all because I wanted to hear and be a part of this this man's life who was playing in this punk rock band, which was not good, y'all. But he asked me to come play so I broke with what social norms of what preachers do and just walked right up in there. Got a big X on my hand saying I was old enough. It was awesome. Get up there and I'm Enjoying some stuff, you know. We're not really enjoying it. I mean, I'm the only. I'm wearing a, a, a polo. polo. Yeah, thanks, polo. <laughs> Everybody else is in leather jackets with the big Spocks, jumping around. <laughs> and here I am. This <laughs> is a little awkward. At least I have gauged ears. I guess I kind of fit in. And then next thing I know, this whole side of my body soaked because this girl just went to throw beer on this guy she was mad at, and then she tried to come over and dance. It's just weird. But that's why we have to do stuff like that. We have to go into places that nobody else is going to. Because all the other churches are doing what they're going to do. They're going to, whatever, shift church. We're going to break social norms. We're going to do things. That's why, like, like, I don't know if you noticed, but this week we were in the newspaper, y'all. That's exciting. They're like, so what's this place going to be used for? This on Sundays? I'm like, no, this is a place for, like, hey, listen, if there's a a local musician who can't afford to do a concert downtown because it costs so much, hey, we got the equipment and the lights. Come on. Come do your city release party here. It'll be fun. Yeah. How much are you going to charge? Eh, whatever. I don't, we don't worry, I ain't worried about that. Oh, your organization needs, needs a place to meet. You can't rent some of these places? Hey, listen, we got some chairs. Um, you might have to get some tables because we only have like three. But you know, come on. Like, are, this, like we we want to break norms. Like this, like this place isn't for us. Our breakthrough yeah. isn't for us. It is for us because it's our breakthrough. But it's not just for us. I've got to keep going, y'all. We have to do everything short of sin to reach. So here are these people, like, they're grumbling. They're complaining. Jesus, oh, my God, Jesus is going to eat um, dinner with a, with a sinner. Oh, my God. <laughs> Church people, business meetings, y'all. Can you believe what Becky did? Becky, I'm on Becky today hard. Um, <laughs> Starting in, verse, starting in verse 8, it says, Meanwhile, so while they're grumbling and complaining, something's happening in Zacchaeus' home. Something's happening. Like maybe Jesus is telling them, Hey, your life does matter. Just because people are treating you this just because you chose to cheat people, just because you, you made some bad choices, just because you, like, you still matter. Your life matters. I'm here for you. He actually tells them that at the end of the story. I'm here for you. I love you. I'm going to give my life for you. Meanwhile, so during this time, while they're grumbling, and complaining, Jesus is pouring life into people. Into somebody that everybody else deems as worthless and trash. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, this is how you know he was transformed, y'all. I will give half of my wealth to the poor. Who's just going to do that, y'all? I'll give half my wealth to the poor Lord. And if I have cheated, because He know he has cheated, if I cheated people on their taxes, you did, I will give them back four times as much. So while all these other people are grumbling and complaining, Zacchaeus' life was changed. Because ain't nobody just doing that. Verse 9, I love this. Jesus responded because you've had me as a guest into your home. Because you've heard the story and received the story. And you've repented. And all repentance means is to turn away, walk the other direction. Because you've turned your life around. Salvation has come to this home today. Some of these people, you just need to invite yourself up in their house, y'all. And start pouring life into them. Salvation has come to this home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Verse 10. For the son of man, and if you don't know what the son of man is, that's Jesus. The son of man came to seek. Like he's looking for you. He's looking for your neighbors. He's he's, like he's seeking them out. To seek and to save those who are lost. I love this story. It's more than just a happy... Sunday school, vacation Bible story y'all, this is life change. This is life change. While everyone else was grumbling about Jesus being with a sinner, Zacchaeus experienced transformation. He experienced a breakthrough. Wouldn't you agree? I mean that's a huge breakthrough. Which shows us, this is a long one, so I'm going to pause at the end of this one. In our brokenness, Christ picks us up, cleans us off, mends our brokenness, and shows the world what he can do with a failed life. In our brokenness, Christ picks us up, cleans us off, mends our brokenness, and shows the world what he can do. That's an important word. Do with a failed life. Zacchaeus instantly realized that his breakthrough, what he just experienced, his breakthrough wasn't just for him, but he had to release the power of his story. So here he is. Imagine hey, listen, all these people that he cheated, all these people that hated him, all these people that thought they were better than him, he is going to them and saying, here's your stuff I met this guy named Jesus. and Before I met him, y'all, I was a thief. I was a cheater. Before Christ, I was a nobody, a thief, a traitor, a supporter of the oppressor. But now that I've met Christ, I'm a generous giver, and I'm a freedom bell ringer, and I'm, I'm here to give you what I took back, and I'm so sorry, but you got to meet this man named Jesus because he can change your life too. That hatred that you felt in your heart, he can change that. He mends our brokenness. He picks us up. Remember that lady he picked up off the ground, like the the one where um, she was caught in the act of an adult of adultery, and they came in before Jesus, and they said, "Jesus, the law of Moses says we should stone her." And Jesus started drawing in the sand. Imagine how frustrated those leaders must have been. Like he's ignoring them. And then he stands up and says, you without sin cast the first stone. And they eventually walked away. And then it says he he lifted the woman off the ground and said, where are your accusers? He picks us up. He cleans us off. He wipes our tears. He mends our brokenness. And he shows the world what he can do with broken people. Like, if you would have met me, y'all. I know in high school, like, I, I want to say this, okay. Um, mo- y'all, listen, okay. And I'm sorry that there's... Um, I have no other way of saying this if you have kids in here you might want to boop. but listen I was a ho for show <laughs> okay like in high school like there's this one hand where I knew I was called to be a minister but on this other hand I had a preacher that tells me hey if you if you could if you can run from it run from it so I'm over here running from it so you got to see God yeah, see it's not like I'm not but everybody else like from the outer though everybody was like oh, he's, a, he's a great man he's going to be a preacher one day no listen I was screwed up from the floor up Before I really had had a changed life man I, I was a thief I was a for show like I was all these things I was a traitor I was a liar I was all these things but like Zacchaeus a transformation happened a breakthrough happened and I like there's no reason why I should be standing here in front of y'all today without the power of Jesus in my life And I'm still screwed up, (laughs) y'all. Zacchaeus instantly realized that this breakthrough, my breakthrough wasn't just for me. Your story's not just for you. It's for you to be a light in the darkness, to breathe that broken vessel with all that light shining through our cracks, saying, come on, come to Jesus. So here's Zacchaeus giving back to the poor. Here's Zacchaeus. He, He realized that his breakthrough wasn't just for him. It's for him to release the power of his story. To release his stones and to, the, to to allow other people's giants to be his giants. Can you imagine how that changed that community? Here's what I love. All of us here, for are a follower of Jesus, have a breakthrough story. And if you're not a follower of Jesus yet, hey, cool. I mean, it's not cool, but listen, we love you. We're going to meet you where you are. It's cool. But one day your breakthrough is going to come. I believe that. You have to realize this breakthrough isn't just for you. But I love how Jesus picks us up. He cleans us off and he mends our brokenness so that we can be a light into darkness because our breakthrough isn't just for you. And that's why I love what our friend Isaiah, the old school prophet, says. This is the message remix version, y'all, because it's it's so awesome. It says, the people who walked in darkness, who walked in darkness? That's once walked in darkness. And there's some of us and some people we know that are still walking in darkness the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light for those who lived in the land of the deep shadows have you all just been in those shadows now he's brought you out of those like hey listen There are some days this week that were hard there's some days there's been days the past few months that have been hard there's been some shadows y'all some darkness for those who lived in the land of the deep shadow Light, sunbursts of light. You and I are those sunbursts of light in the darkness of community. That's why Paul, when he was when he was, when he wrote wrote his letter to us, he said, and it's sitting in here, he said, "I fill up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions in my flesh." Like, that's almost blasphemous. Paul, you saying the cross isn't good enough? No, the cross is good enough. But the power of, cross, of the cross means nothing if nobody knows about it. I fill up what is lacking. I am the sunburst of light in our community. It's up to us to be that light. And maybe for some of y'all today is the day that you just, you're seeing the light for the first time. And I hope it's starting to burn bright for you. And today can be your day of salvation. Today can be your, ch- your chance of breakthrough. And then you get to go back. See, that's why, like, we have to be careful. Because that's why, that's why church culture I don't understand so much is that somebody comes to know God and we automatically pull them away from the people that need that story. Like, you have to be careful. But we, we pull them out and like, no, hey, listen, hey, you know what happened to me yesterday? I experienced Jesus. Let me tell you about him. That's more powerful than pulling somebody out. Be sunbursts of light in our community. Size up. Take big risks. Don't let anybody stand alone. Experience the power of the gospel. And then, share your story. Share your breakthrough. Because it's not just for you. I'm going to pray. We're going to watch this video after the sermon here. But I'm going to pray. And here's my prayer for all of us this morning. My prayer is this. And it's in the closing, y'all. As for those back there on the computer. Um, here's my prayer for us. Is that we, as the followers of Jesus, do this. We size up. We take up our role. We take up our call to reach those around us. Don't let anybody stand alone. Don't let anybody, you know, with me? Share your story. Share your breakthrough. Dear God, we want to thank you so much that we get to be a part of someone else's breakthrough. That we get to be the part of someone's transformation story. So God, may we take big risks. May we step out. May we get out of our comfort zone. May we head toward, take our breakthrough to the world. May we be generous. May we be, like, may we throw those stones for other people. May we kill other people's giants. We love you, Jesus. And we thank you for allowing us to be a part of your story. In this world that desperately needs hope, this world that desperately desperately needs you, may we be those sunbursts of light. In your name, I. Pray.